This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Sure Payroll. If you're a small business owner, you know payroll and payroll taxes can be a headache. Well, Sure Payroll has changed that by simplifying payroll services with just three easy online steps. To learn more, visit surepayroll.com/fool and get a free quote. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, January 27th, and we're breaking down quarterly results from PayPal and Alphabet. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by Fool.com tech editor, Sarah Priestley. Sarah, how's it going? It's good. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Are you excited for pizza day? I am very excited. It's going to derail my uh, New Year's resolutions, but that's okay. That's a callback to to your episode of (laughs) Vincent Shen, right? Yep. Are you finding that the Apple Watch is being helpful? Yes. It's it's definitely reminding me at 9 o'clock at night that I have done zero steps, so I just end up walking around my living room. Just pacing? Yep. I do that when I'm on the phone all the time. That, that's how I get my exercise in. That's probably a good idea, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Sarah, a ton going on in tech this week, next week, next couple weeks with earnings. Two pretty followed fool companies reported yesterday after the bell. We dug into the reports and are ready to talk about them. Uh, you did some of the heavy lifting with PayPal. I dig into uh, Alphabet. Why don't we talk about PayPal first? How did the results look? So, just to give you kind of an overview, uh, for the fourth quarter, uh, earnings per share came in at 42 cents per share, 2.9 billion in revenue. Operating revenue was a little higher than expected at 21%. Transactions were 1.8 billion, but the volume was below expected at 100 billion. Uh, sorry, expected was 100 billion dollars. They delivered 99.3 billion, and that is why share prices are down about three and a half percent this morning. So it seems like a slight overreaction when you dig into their numbers. Um, but yeah, that's the reason for the share price decline. And, and that's really one of the core metrics that investors tend to focus on with them as a company, right? Absolutely, yeah. They really are measured on engagement, uh, so number of customers and engagement of those customers, and they're you know key metrics for those. So looking beyond some of the top line numbers, um, what else popped out to you in the report? Yeah, so the operating margin for the fourth quarter was down to fifteen point four percent, and the reason that we're kind of commenting on this is uh, that's a lot of it, it takes up a lot of room in the bullish thesis. Is that the new partnerships that they've started with a lot of the banks, Visa, Mastercard, they're going to really pressure their margins down. Is the thought there just that they're working with very big institutions and big players, and Absolutely. they just don't have the negotiating room that they might with some smaller players? Absolutely, that's that's part of it, and also it's just the standard um, transaction payment to these. It's the same thing for Square. It's the same thing for other payment processors. It's a standard transaction amount on card processing. Um, so that 15.4% uh, compares to 16.1% in the fourth quarter of last year. So you can see that there's quite a decline there. Uh, management has kind of uh, dissuaded, has talked about the fact that they're really doing everything they can to, to leverage um, their other income against this. And I, I feel like they've done a pretty good job. Uh, their CEO Dan Shulman has said that they won't be a slave to margin <laughs> to quarter to quarter margin performance, which is something um, we like to hear as foolish that's, investors. That's very true, and I would also comment um, in this point that the management team is really being driven uh, f- for their compensation package on the long term performance of this stock, and that really shows, I think, in their performance in, in their reporting, they're focused on um, free cash flow and their projects and what they're delivering to their customers. So, just to give you um, a couple of the year-over-year figures, uh, earnings per share for the year increased 15% to one point. Uh, so, sorry, one dollar fifteen cents. Non-GAAP uh, was one dollar fifty on guidance of one forty-five to one fifty. So that's pretty good. Um, revenue for the full year was up uh, 17% and 21% on a currency-neutral basis, and they guided for 19%. So they really beat their 
So like Alphabet, uh, their fiscal Q4 comes with the calendar Q4. So we were able to look at full year results here yep. and not just the quarterly results. What's going on with total payment volume? Because I know that that's something that people really like to focus on with them, too. Yeah, absolutely. If, if we'd seen total po- payment volume less than 25%, I think we would have seen a bigger decline in the stock price. Luckily, for the fourth quarter, um, payment volume was uh, up 25%. As I said, um, the actual process amount was $99.3 billion, um, which kind of missed the expectations. And uh, interestingly, the majority of this was pushed by international. International expanded 27%. The US was 23%. So. <laughs> And for the unacquainted, uh, total payment volume is just the gross amount yep. that they are help facilitating, right? Absolutely, yes. So the way to look at this is the um, total payment volume is the number of uh, number of payments they process, and then the transaction is the amount that they process. So they're they're averaging about fifty six dollars per transaction right now. That's slightly down from sixty dollars. I think they were averaging a couple of quarters ago, but it's still very good. And so for the amount per transaction to be down, they must be doing more. Uh, total transactions to be making it up in volume, right, and still be seeing growth. Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, um, and I will also comment that uh, of their transactions um, in their quarter four, 100 billion was uh, mobile payments, which is an increase of 55 percent, and it's almost a third, I think, now of their transactions process, which is fantastic. And I think that the management team has really isolated that as an opportunity for the company. That's where they're going to really demonstrate their industry leadership is because you know the market is moving towards mobile and they're really pioneering in the mobile industry. So what can people expect looking forward uh, either first quarter of 2017 or just kind of further out broadly into 2017 general? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, outlook for 2017 quarter four revenue we're expecting to grow uh, on a currency neutral basis 16 to 18%. So that gives you a range of 2.9 to 2.95 billion and quarter one revenue of 2. Oh, sorry, 2.9 to 2.95. So that was actually slightly um, more conservative than some analysts were expecting, which has played into the share price performance today. But full year performance is strong. Their revenue growth, 15 to 17%, um, and 17 to 19% currency neutral, which gives you about uh, 12.45 to 12.65 billion. Is there anything to worry about with some of these numbers that we're looking at that management's growth projections are different than maybe what the market's expecting? Because they are still very much in growth mode as a business. And I know that uh, early on, those projections, if they start to decelerate at all, can kind of scare people off a little bit. I think they've been fairly uh, conservative somewhat in some of their estimations, because because they really do have um, a huge potential with the mobile traffic. Um, I think if you look at some of their projects that they're working on now, Venmo has increased 100% year over year as Time Magazine's best app. It's processed uh, 5.6 billion, uh, which was up 126%. Um, so I think that they have a huge potential with a lot of the projects that they're working on that have experienced huge growth. The problem with these is that they're not monetized yet. And an analyst actually raised the question in the earnings call: When it, is your projection in 2017 building in some of the uh, expectations for monetization for monetizing this, and then also Zoom, which is their um, international money transfer program? Uh, they they kind of dismissed this. They said that it was pushing out to 2018 some of the opportunities and that they would be focused on growth. So I think that for 2017, these are maybe conservative estimates, uh, but for 2018 is where we might actually start to see the fruits of their labor. Yeah, and you said it was like 55% of, yes. of what was being processed broadly for the, for the business was coming from mobile. Um, when you look at Venmo specifically, I mean, that is almost entirely mobile, right? And it, it's more peer to peer. And I think 
there there are some questions about whether they'll be able to monetize that very well um, and and what that might look like because me giving you five bucks because you bought me lunch the other day they don't really they don't really take anything on that no they don't and and something to say is that it's becoming a hugely crowded market I, I think that PayPal to some degree has a first mover advantage but they're definitely not the biggest player in this industry uh, the banks have got together and created Clear Exchange uh, which is a peer to peer payments which is also free right now, um, is owned by the bank, so it has a lot of clout. Whether people pick it up to the rate that they've picked up Venmo, Venmo is hugely popular with the millennials. Um, you know, a lot of our friends use it all the time. We use it. Um, and also Apple. Apple has <laughs> grown hugely. I think uh, Tim Cook in his last earnings call, so this is a bit outdated, but he said 75% of mobile transactions, on- online, uh, sorry, swiping transactions were from Apple Pay. Wow, it's hard to believe. I mean, anecdotally though, when I'm out with my friends, and and maybe you can lend some color on this too, if someone hits, like someone covers a tab, I'm paying them via Venmo. Yeah. No, no one's ever like, do you have Bank of America mobile, yeah. you know, yeah. payment processing? Uh, and so they do seem to have that first mover advantage, and I think they have that name recognition. Um, when you have that huge installed base, as they do. It really comes down to just whether they can flip the monetization switch on. And uh, I guess investors are going to be kind of patient. They're going to have to be patient on that if management's pushing that out to 2018. Absolutely. And I will say that they do have a lot of initiatives that are panning out for them right now. OneTouch, um, OneTouch basically enables you to you fill in your, your bank details and you, you work through PayPal and you can just click one button at the checkout and it goes, it's transacted through PayPal, um, which is hugely beneficial for mobile because I don't know about you, but when I'm frequently <laughs> looking at shoes online, as soon as I get to the, you know, the card payment and you have to zoom in on those small boxes and put, put your card numbers in, they lose me. And I think it's something like a 74% card abandonment rate on mobile. Oh, when so um, when people reach that checkout phase yeah. and then they see that they need to drop in their credit card, yeah. their security code, yeah. their address, shipping address, zip code, all that stuff, they wind up ditching it? Absolutely. But uh, PayPal OneTouch, they have 87% conversion rate on mobile. Yeah, so that's... That. That's incredible. They've had a lot of people um, starting to use that. They added a lot of OneTouch users and merchants. I think of their merchants, about a third right now are on OneTouch, and they just launched this last year. So there's a huge potential here for them to really um, deliver on their promise. You know, they've said they want to make uh, customers' life easier, and they're doing that absolutely. Uh, Anything else that management provided color on with the business and and just kind of strategically where they're looking um, that investors should need to know? I think uh, the focus is absolutely on mobile. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're really focused. Um, Dan Shulman definitely commented on the fact that mobile is, you know, the, the biggest opportunity for them, and that there are a lot of industry um, tailwinds that they're experiencing right now. And I, I would completely agree. I think um, Black Friday this year was the biggest online shopping uh, day in history, and for the first time. Um, so in quarter three last year, so we're still waiting for quarter four, the Census Bureau said that online retail made up 10% of all retail transactions. So you can see that if they are position, if they're positioning themselves well to benefit from this, it should be you know a, a rising tide that lifts all boats. Hmm. I know a little that they've talked a little bit in the past about um, continuing to be an asset light business. Yes. And and is that something that management kind of recommitted to in the most recent call? Yeah, absolutely. This is something that analysts have been focusing on. I definitely noticed a couple of questions about this in the earnings call. So, um, Square offers 
capital, so it offers loans um, as part of its uh, as part of its services. It's not a huge part of their business, but it is a risk area of the business. So in the fourth quarter, they had 123 million loss on loans. So it's a service that, um, similar to the company Square, um, which deals mostly with small businesses, but obviously this is individuals, uh, PayPal has access to a lot of people's information and their spending habits and how much money that they they have. Um, so they want to really leverage that information and offer it out to partners to facilitate the loans using their information, which takes the risk away from PayPal, but they're still generating a, a percentage of income from it. Uh, so overall, uh, Dan Schulman commented that it's a really competitive environment for this, which I think it is. I think the payment space is just getting more and more every angle of it. Um, but overall, I think that this is definitely a good move for the company. It's the right decision. It's going to eliminate some risk. But it's also potentially going to bring bring, bring in a degree of revenue, too, if they can grow that segment. So it seems like the general takeaway here is wait and see with a lot of the company's mobile initiatives. Um, core business seems to be humming along. There were a, li- was a little bit of a disappointment, but nothing thesis altering, nothing crazy in the report. No, absolutely not. And they, they didn't touch too much on um, some of their partners. You know, they've, they've had some really high profile partnerships with Alibaba, Vodafone in the in the, US, in the UK, sorry, um, in Europe, um, and many others discover that they recently announced. They didn't touch on that too much. So we can't really give you, um, can't really give investors a good flavor for how that's going, uh, only that it's in line with their expectations. So yeah, I'd absolutely agree with what you said. I think mobile is going to be a big area of focus. We'll continue to have a look at those transaction volumes um, and customer engagement. Well, before we get into the second half of the show and talk Alphabet's earnings, just want to thank Sure Payroll for supporting this podcast. If you're a small business owner, you know payroll can be a real headache. Small businesses across the country often end up paying hefty fines due to payroll-related oversights. And while the IRS levies billions of dollars of these fines every year, you can now protect your business and get rid of payroll tax complications with the help of Sure Payroll. Sure Payroll has been around for over 15 years and is the first company to offer an entirely online payroll solution that is simple and can be used on any device in just three easy steps. The company will also file and pay your local, state, and federal taxes automatically so you can focus on managing your business. Sure Payroll is already serving a wide range of business types, everything from dentist office to insurance agents, charitable foundations, and more. So if you want to stop worrying about your late fees and fines, just check out surepayroll.com fool and fill out the free quote form. Again, that's S-U-R-E, sure, payroll.com slash fool. So, Sarah, I said that you did the heavy lifting (laughs) on PayPal. I did most of the homework with Alphabet's earnings. I'm going to flip it over to you and let you host for the second half of the show. It's really nice to not be in the hot seat. (laughs) Yeah, I'll stop firing the questions at you. It's my turn. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Alphabet obviously reported the same time yesterday after the bell. Uh, What were the results? So, overall, Alphabet's revenue came in about $26.1 billion for Q4 up 22% year-over-year, which beat analyst estimates of $25.3 billion. Earnings per share came in at $7.56, slightly lower than analyst projections of $7.63 per share. I think the real story and, and what caused some of the immediate reaction for the stock, though, was adjusted profit missed by much more. And so that came in at $9.36 a share versus expectations of $9.64 a share. And we saw after hours, I think the stock was down about two and a half, three percent, and that's what most of the market seemed to really fixate on. Okay, and what was the what was the cause of that? So tax rate basically basically is the short of it. Um, in Q4, Alphabet had an effective tax rate of twenty two percent, and they also highlighted their broad twenty sixteen tax rate because 
they're able to report whole fiscal year results mm-hmm. as well. And the company's effective tax rate for the year was 19%. And so that's a big bump. And you realize that that average is also incorporating other quarters. So, I mean, you can get a sense of uh, how much more they were paying out in taxes this year or this quarter. And really, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, um, Market Watch writer Jeremy Owens does a really good job breaking down the specifics. But the gist of the issue is the Financial Accounting Standards Board issued some changes a while back, basically impacting how companies can treat stock-based compensation for their adjusted earnings numbers. And that wound up impacting results for this quarter. Moving forward, the company will no longer be excluding stock-based compensation expenses from their non-GAAP results, which should smooth things out. But they wound up dealing with a little bit of a hiccup this quarter to reconcile. Yeah, that's that's really unusual with the the change for GAAP there. Yeah, yeah, because typically, you know, you think of non-GAAP numbers as being something where the Financial Accounting Standards Board gives people a decent amount of latitude to, to kind of operate as they want to. Um, but they, they like to rein things in every now and then, okay. specifically with stock-based compensation, because it's something that um, a lot of firms use to make their non-GAAP numbers look quite a bit better oh, than, yeah, their, than their GAAP numbers, yeah. especially in the tech space. Yeah. Um, looking at a couple of the different segments, um, their Google segment, which is search, ads, Android, Maps, Chrome, YouTube, pretty much anything that falls under their internet properties, uh, came in at $25.8 billion. So, looking at a company with $26 billion in quarterly revenue, I mean, that's that's the meat of it right there. Um, that generally performing pretty well. Their Google Sites segment, which is the majority of that, was up 20% year-over-year. Network revenue, up 7% year-over-year. And other revenue, which is a kind of smaller portion, a little bit less related to the internet properties within that segment. Uh, think hardware, Google Play, and their cloud segment. Uh, was $3.4 billion, which is up 62% year-over-year. So, that's a very fast-growing segment within um, Sundar Pichai's Google area of the business. Um, I think if you're looking for indicators for them, um, the two big ones that kind of tell the story for the ad business and what's going on with some of the internet properties, uh, aggregated uh, aggregate paid clicks, which is basically the number of times people are interacting with ads online, was up 36% year-over-year. And aggregate cost per click, or CPCs, as they're, they're commonly known, was down 15% year over year. And this is not really a surprise. This is a story that's been playing out for a long time. Um, we talked about the shift to mobile when we were talking about PayPal. Yep. Same thing's happening with internet search. And CPCs have been driven down uh, because the effectiveness of mobile ads isn't necessarily uh, <laughs> quite the same as it is for desktop. But um, for the longest time, Google's been able to make it up on volume. And um, it's actually there's there's quite a parallel there with with what happened with PayPal and the volume making up for these smaller transactions. We're seeing the same effects here with Alphabet. Yeah, and so that's would you say, suggest that's something that uh, investors should include in their thesis going forward? Uh, I mean, I think it's something that at this point we shouldn't be too surprised by. Um, this this story's been playing out for a decent amount of time. If if it really accelerates, then you might have to worry. But they've been very good at making the volume make it work out. Yep. Eventually, you know, like mobile will need to uh, find a kind of a floor somewhere and, and kind of enjoy that. But um, so long as we're still kind of in that transition to mobile, I think that we're going to kind of continue to see this for a while, okay. unfortunately. Um, what about the uh, other bed segment? I know that there's been some interesting moves this year. Yeah, this is something that people love to ask about because it's like, where's Google wasting all of this money? Yeah. Um, as a reminder, that this is basically all the stuff that they do that isn't tied to their internet properties. Think of it as their moonshot projects, um, 
and the really the big finance the uh, the big financial contributors for this segment are Nest, Fiber, and Verily. Um, they tend to focus on a full year breakout for this segment because the numbers are so small relative to the overall business. But revenue came in at uh, eight hundred and nine million dollars for twenty sixteen, which is up eighty two percent year over year. Operating loss, not including stock based compensation, was two point nine billion, uh, down slightly year over year. But it, this segment is still <laughs> a money pit. <laughs> yeah, it really is for Alphabet, and I think will continue to be. They've reined in costs a little bit under CFO Ruth Porat, and I think that she's kind of forced all of the other bets initiatives to at least be able to show a path to monetization or a uh, a roadmap to what that might look like. But um, I think there's a certain test and innovate atmosphere that they want to maintain. And investors have been okay with that because their core internet business just prints money for them. Yeah. Um, something that is kind of interesting with them and, and with the other bet segment is, you know, they spun out Waymo, which is their kind of autonomous driving segment. And for the longest time, that was the Google self-driving car project. A couple months ago, they said this is a standalone business unit, and it will be nested within the Alphabet holding structure. It will continue to be in other bets. And we didn't get any financial insight into what's going on with that. But they talked about it in the call. Ruth Barrett provided some commentary on what they're basically doing with Waymo as a blueprint for what they will continue to be doing with other bets. And so, not a ton to report there, but this is something that Daniel Sparks and I talked about in a podcast when they announced that a few months ago. And as we, you know, in the next couple quarters, over the next year, continue to get more information about Waymo, I think we can look at that specific business segment and kind of see the path for what's going to be going on with some of the other bets as they continue to mature and eventually see monetization path. So, not a ton to report with other bet stuff, but at least we have something that we can start to yeah. track uh, for the, what the company's ambitions might be. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like they're moving forward with that. Was there anything else in the numbers that kind of stood out for you in the earnings call? Uh, I think some of the things that people need to keep in mind with this report, because the stock was down after hours, I think as of taping this morning, they were down like maybe 40 or 50 basis points. So, not the crazy reaction of 3% or whatever that uh, we'd seen after hours yesterday, but you know, still down. I think people um, might be kind of scratching their heads a little bit with some of the tax stuff that they saw. Um, prior to the report, the company was trading at all-time highs. And so, there's <laughs> it's traded up for a while. I think it's up uh, somewhere in the teens uh, in the last year or so. Um, so, there's that. And then also, Alphabet does not provide detailed quarterly guidance. And most companies do offer up that guidance, and then analysts create their own models based on those numbers, you know, those line items, and they kind of have their puts and takes to tweak it slightly. But because Alphabet doesn't give those baseline expectations, the likelihood of actual numbers being different than analyst expectations is slightly higher than it would be for other companies. So the market's reaction is always, I think, generally going to be a little bit sharper than what we might see um, for a company that does offer standard guidance. Yeah, because they have nothing ready to peg their, their estimates to. Yeah, I mean, they have the, the general trend of things and, yep. and what they can glean from commentary, but very often you'll see analysts' expectations more or less mirror guidance with, with slight adjustments. Uh, not having that as a crutch um, can just add some unpredictability to things. Yeah. I think that's the way you have to think about it. Any other little gems? Uh, outside of the numbers, something that caught my eye that I think is 
a great point and really underscores the importance of reading company conference calls and not just relying on the numbers that you see reported and the quick earnings takes that yeah. you'll read online. Uh, Mark Mahaney from RBC Capital Markets in the Q&A section of the call asked this really great question. And I think it points to a looming risk for Alphabet, and I just want to highlight it now for listeners. And he said, it looks to me like Google devices are being outsold 10 to 1 or something like that in most homes. It's immaterial now, but you could see in five years that there is a new voice search interaction interface, and it's not Google in the home. That could be a real challenge for the company. And he was basically positing, like, what what are you guys doing about all of the uh, virtual assistant and smart home devices. Yeah, great question. Yeah, and and Sundar Pichai, Google CEO, uh, he gave that generally positive answer, talking about the you know the investments the company is making and uh, how they're they're working towards voice search and how they're trying to meet consumers in every situation that they might be using voice search, whether it be phones, TV, homes, cars, whatever. Um, but really, at its core, Mahaney's question is getting that this idea of okay, Amazon's Echo devices are selling like hotcakes. If the installed base for them, or really any other virtual assistant, gets massive, and then consumers start using those devices for the types of things and the purposes that people are generally using Google, mobile, and desktop search for, like what does that do for your business? And I don't want to be alarmist with any of this. I am I am an Alphabet shareholder. I really love the company, but I think he makes a good point. Um, earlier this month, actually at an ad industry conference. There was an Amazon VP talking about some of the capabilities and, and some of the opportunities that Amazon might explore, and that led some outlets to speculate that the company might be interested in exploring paid search with its Alexa product. And you know, this is not something that is a you know next quarter, next year issue, but you know, over the next five to ten years, we need to keep an eye on how people are using search and how people are using home assistants or virtual assistants. Um, because if we see that slowly eat into what would otherwise be desktop or mobile search, you have to wonder about how that might impact Google's core business and really what prints money for them and allows them to fund all of these other projects. Yeah, and also I guess which which products they're using. Because if they start, if everybody starts adopting the Google, it's the Nest, right? Yeah. Then they're, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know if if people are using Nest or if people are using Google Assistant. Then, yeah, like not a, not a huge yeah. problem, right? That will, that will keep them within that ecosystem. Um, if they are using products that don't lean on Google Search, and you have platforms that are able to monetize that search, Google might get crowded out a little bit. Um, you know, again, Google did 26 billion in revenue this quarter. The vast majority of that was online ads, and it's a huge market. I think people's um, more in-depth searching or more um, kind of research-based stuff is always going to be on desktop yeah, or mobile. Um, you know, you can only glean so much from audio. But if you want a quick answer on something, you know that that will you know say you want to know uh, who is the fifth president of the United States. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. you can find that out with a, a voice search and not really have to worry about being on mobile or desktop. And that's less impressions for Google Ad Search. Um, so something to keep in mind. And again, this is a five, ten-year risk. But just investors keep an eye on what's going on with the uh, the virtual assistant market because it's something that could impact Alphabet down the road. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, will, I will hand the baton back to you. <laughs> oh, you're gonna let me wrap up? That's yeah. that's so magnanimous of you. <laughs> well, listeners, uh, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or you just want to reach out and say hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com. 
can always tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you're looking for more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out The Fool's family of shows at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Sarah Priestley, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool up. Cool